Hello, and welcome back to the No Score Review Show. I'm your host, Nick Green. Today, I am joined yet again by Matt Schmidt. Welcome back, Matt. Hello, Nick and audience. It's like we've never left. Right? It's like every um, week. Every just week. coming back at it again. Yep. Uh, today, we are going to be doing a full proper review for Skinamarink, the uh, latest uh, hot horror film uh, to come out of 2022, technically. Uh, it came out last year, uh, but it got a wide uh, theatrical release um, last week. Yeah, so, I think the uh, the 13th was yeah, the Friday the 13th. The first release. Friday the 13th of, uh, I think, three this year. Whoa. At least spooky. two or three. Very spooky. Spooky um, year. So, yeah, we thought we would do a full uh, review. Matt uh, gave it a shout out uh, like a few episodes ago. And then he also had it as his uh honorable mention of 2022 in the year in review episode true so, both uh, true statements both true nothing but facts nothing but facts here today um and uh i also got to go see it again uh in the theater so uh we'll be able to talk about that a bit more so yes Matt, we will do you want to uh go over yet again your thoughts <laughs> on skinamarink um well maybe i will uh instead of just talking about my straight thoughts because i've done so a couple times already and i think we can get into the nitty-gritty a little bit uh before but i just want to talk about first my sort of discovery of this film Mm -hmm. because i think that like the nature of um finding out about this movie like very on through word of mouth sort of lent to the experience uh, in a way that I haven't had with many films before. Because mm-hmm. uh, I I think, I mean, not to be too hipstery or anything here, but I caught wind of this uh, film pretty early on. I think yeah. in either late November or early December, I think, is when I... Yeah. Um, found out about it and and watched it pretty soon after. Uh, And man, like, I don't know. There was something about the, just the word of mouth on this movie, just seeing everybody that I hold in really high regard on Letterboxd um, just started putting out these glowing reviews of this movie. And I'd never heard of it before. And it wasn't streaming anywhere. It wasn't even released yet. And I'm like, how are these people watching it? Yeah, what is it, this they're talking about? Yeah, like it It premiered at um, Fantastic Fest, I think, in yeah, that sounds right. uh, Montreal back in the summer. And then I think through some other festivals, due to a technical error, it got the version, like the screener was leaked online. Someone right. was able to rip it. And yeah. then that sort of just started getting passed around and passed around. And although it's it's always it's kind of shitty, I guess, when your film gets pirated, especially before theatrical release, even totally, which is a bummer. But I don't think that without that happening to create this buzz and this word of mouth, this movie would not have succeeded in being sort of like the the underground 
cult phenomenon that it has become. Well, it lent to the whole like spreading of the word of mouth of it, right? Like, yes, yeah. you can only go so far with like a few uh, choice critics here and there on the internet getting like select screeners, like their word of or their recommendation will only go so far. But if like it's able to circle through the internet, then it's able to just spread like wildfire on its yeah, own. Yeah, it truly does. And it sort of like reminds me of uh, like the VHS film series in a way uh because it's all about like those cursed videotapes and everything that just have a mind of their own and they they do their own thing and and all this and skinnamarink definitely feels that way so in the the kind of finding it online where you're not supposed to watch it and yeah um you know like not very many people can get their hands on it and everybody's like hurry where do you go? Where do you watch this movie? It sort of lends to the experience in a way. And I didn't go see it in theaters, um, but I'm sure it would have been a great experience. But for me, I think I mentioned before, to me, this movie is like the very, or example of the very few kinds of movies that you want to watch at home and just be completely isolated from everything. So, I really think that that home viewing experience and that early phenomenon of this movie sort of gaining legs on the internet in the way it has is unlike anything that I've seen happen in, um, yeah, I think maybe ever. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what else to really compare this to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even though it did get pirated a bunch, I just checked before we started. This <laughs> movie has... It has almost made a million dollars at the box office in, and it released three days ago Yeah, and this was yeah. made for $15,000. Yeah. So, I mean, you do the math on that. Like the returns on this thing have been incredible. And yeah. if it was just released after it's, um, it's festival run, it would no way have gotten the amount of turnout that it did yeah. for a movie this size with like, it's just unprecedented unprecedented stuff i would i would wager and i try i'll try to put my like hopes for the movie aside but like i would wager that if it keeps building that word of mouth and that popularity i could kind of see like cineplex picking it up for like maybe not a huge wide release throughout (laughs) canada but like maybe like a select few uh big theater uh like branches uh yeah. in each like location or like special event screenings or something exactly yeah for sure um yeah the the word of mouth had to have like done something because the when i went to the theater it was sold out like they announced it over the pa like this is a sold out screening so uh that's like, pretty cool if there's an empty seat next to you like move over so yeah, it's it was very cool to see when I walked up to the theater, there was a line. I mean, this like does make sense for the the Rio itself because there's not really a, a lobby. But yeah, the line was like halfway, like 16 blocks down the street. It was insane. That's wild. So, yeah, I usually it, whenever I go to the Rio, it's generally not sold out, even for big movies that they do mm-hmm. returning screenings for, like seeing stuff like um I, I saw Dazed and Confused there. I saw What We Do in the Shadows. I've seen uh, several older released 
films that have huge cult followings that you would think mm-hmm. like, oh, if this goes to theaters, it's going to fill up. But it never does. So the fact that this movie was able to fill that theater on opening night, I guess, makes a difference. But still, the fact that so many people knew about this movie by the time it came out is well, wild I wanted to me. to like potentially, sorry, I inhaled some tea. <laughs> <laughs> I will take a tea break as well at this Um, moment while you're coughing it out. uh, I wonder, because like, does the Rio get many like new, new releases? Because I know it's like gotten screenings for like Triangle of Sadness and EO and like a few of those films, but like that isn't where it has premiered. So I'm wondering if Skin and Marink is like one of those very few films that the Rio gets that it's like a, a premiere there right that makes sense i think for smaller genre films the rio really has that market cornered totally. uh, yeah. so stuff like that um other things that you might see like other streaming service originals uh in the horror vein i could see oh, right. definitely playing at uh Wonder, at the do you rio. know if mad god got a, a rio release or even a i don't know i have no clue actually i would see that me for too. sure yeah we should just bring a usb up to the counter and be like <laughs> yeah. hey can we excuse can we watch me? this <laughs> can you plug this into the projector please <laughs> just real quick please um yeah that was actually my first time at the rio was for oh wow um so a bit of a a surprise and like also i'm going to twist it into a question for you matt uh do they usually uh advertise adult like old adult films yes for like okay for late night screenings or something is that all the time or is that specifically for like late night i think it's probably for late night stuff um but i know (laughs) they yeah they do do a lot of that kind of stuff and like burlesque shows right as well um i had seen like advertisements for burlesque shows and stuff like when i was buying tickets and whatnot but like there was full-on genitalia up on the really screen and oh yeah man i have have seen that uh, before there but (laughs) now i am intrigued something special let me tell you everybody was hooting and hollering I bet, uh, I bet it's yeah. not something you see very often. No, it's like the shock that a, a crowd that size. Yeah, it's like the shock that I had going to the VIP theater the first time, and it was like they were advertising alcohol and vapes and oh, all yeah. that stuff before the movie, and I'm like, are they allowed to do this? <laughs> Where am I? Oh wait, there's no kids here, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's definitely a different vibe for sure, and I think uh, something I was not like ready for at all really because like you could like dude was vaping up next to me there's this the smell of alcohol throughout the oh yeah auditorium i've had people just light up joints right next to me at the rio it's a lawless land over there (laughs) sure is truly i don't know how Um, it hasn't burnt down at this point honestly (laughs) it's like a tinderbox no kidding uh getting back to skinnamarink yeah a little (laughs) tangent we're like oh this will be a short one and then we spend like 15 minutes not even talking about the movie yeah um yeah the the theatrical experience was fantastic i uh i thought it i think i completely agree with you wholeheartedly that i think the ideal setting uh for this film is like 
curled up under the covers at like 2 a.m. on your own. But uh, the the um, advantages that a theater showing for any movie really uh, like presented itself there where like you got to experience that like feeling of tension throughout the room with the whole mm. crowd as as yeah. things are getting more intense and then as soon as there was a jump scare we got that big release moment with everybody it was fantastic um and then i was telling you off uh off screen that like um there was a few people getting up uh in in between the show right. i don't know if that was because of bathroom breaks or if they wanted to like avoid some jump scares um but hey to each their own yeah, I'm um, curious as to how many people in the audience had already seen the movie. Like too, what percentage? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I feel like a I, good chunk would. Probably. I think that type of crowd too, because uh, it's like more like diehard film fans, right? Yeah. So I imagine probably anywhere from like half to at least a third, I would say. At minimum. Um, a slight quick tangent just for our sakes uh piero <laughs> was supposed to be on the show for this Damn, piero. He couldn't make it because of cake week which is cake week yeah classic cake week classic cake week um but like funny <laughs> that's enough just a little joke for us that yeah, nobody else that's gets. just for us that's okay um like weirdly enough in the sold out crowd he got there like 45 minutes after me and he ended up sitting like three seats away from me in the exact same <laughs> row. It was so weird. I like was wow. just looking around waiting for the show to start. And then I'm like, oh, oh, hey, <laughs> that's funny. Wow. I wasn't expecting Piero to actually go. He said that it might be too much to go see it in quick succession. But uh, nice. I wonder because he went with like six of his friends, apparently. Oh. So I wonder if they like peer pressured him back into it. Or maybe he peer pressured them into it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe like, he was just more comfortable see. going. Yeah totally um but yeah the uh the theater experience was great i also actually completely forgot about a few of the jump scares so i was just right there with the crowd of being like right. on the edge of my seat like the the basement scene with his sister oh. holy shit i completely oh forgot God. about that and i'm like what is happening i like there was a couple times i'm like is this a different cut i could i don't remember <laughs> this at all that's um, fair so that I mean, maybe it is. Maybe every time you watch it, it's different. Oh, God. Could you imagine? That's really experimental. If that's the case. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, there were a few uh, audible like WTFs in the crowd as soon as it rolled credits. Their dude right <laughs> next to me. He was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's been very polarizing, especially now that it's gotten to wide release. Mm-hmm. I've noticed um there's a lot more like scathing reviews of mm-hmm. this uh, this film that have been popping up on Letterboxd and everything. Yeah, I think that's also just what you're gonna get when uh, a movie that is this esoteric gets a wider release and opens to the public that yeah. normally would not like. Because this is, you know, all marketing and word of mouth aside, this kind of thing is something that you would have to seek out in order to find like mm-hmm. in a couple of years, the only people that are going to watch this are going to be the people that are the, like the true fans that are, yeah. That Die are going to be seeking this kind of stuff out yeah. once the, you know, the media TikTok buzz sort of dies down and 
the casual viewers are like, oh, this is a new horror movie that everybody's talking about and is saying, good, maybe I should go. I wonder if it'll be like Get Out. And then they just (laughs) totally get blindsided by this thing. And of course, it's not going to vibe with a lot of people because it's not meant to. Uh, Yeah. But for anybody that's like hasn't seen this movie and is looking at the ratings and being like, "Mm, I don't know if that's for me. Uh, or if you think like it's bad because of the ratings that people are giving it, um, I don't know. It's you gotta really decide for yourself if you think this is something that interests you rather than, uh, just seeing it because other people are saying that it's good. And I would say like, I mean, with any film really try and go in with as open a mind as possible. Um, it, it could help, uh, someone going in blind, well, I guess not blind, but someone going in knowing that it's way more experimental and it's very like uh, uh, off the beaten path in terms of like conventional uh, filmmaking mm-hmm. of which there is very little in this film, if any. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I just looked at the review scores. <laughs> 5.3 on IMDb. That's insane. Wow, that's actually way higher than I thought it would be. Oh, really? That's lower than I thought. I mean, like Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic are a bit uh, closer with like 75%. Yeah, I guess. Well, when you look at it from a critical standpoint, it's going to it'll yield more than the average audience member. That's true. Um, but I guess maybe IMDb might be leveling it out. I wonder, can you open up the like the actual rating breakdown and see like if there's a huge disparity of tens and ones for uh, IMDb? Yeah, because I think you can look and see a breakdown of uh, how many people voted for each star. Reviews. Yeah, how can we do that? Sort by review rating. Uh, we're just uh, pausing here, audience, to, to look <laughs> up some quick. facts. Uh, oh, actually, so let's do 10, 10 stars, 8 reviews nine stars wait <laughs> i i found it um oh, on, user review. <laughs> so on skinema rank it has the rating breakdown so nine percent of people or almost ten percent gave it a 10 it's pretty even um across as a normal wow. curve ten percent gave it a 10 seven and a half gave it nine and then like hovering around the 11 12 mark in eight to six and then go down a little bit there's only about five or seven percent of people were doing four and three and two but then almost 18 percent of people gave it a one star so it's most people are leaning to the medium high to very high and then there's a lot of people that really dislike this movie yeah so i don't know there's a little I don't know what to do with that information other than, <laughs> other than, yeah, a lot of people really don't like it, but a lot of people really like it. So mm-hmm. take that into account when you're deciding whether to watch this movie, I guess. Yeah. Which part of the demographic will you be in? Find out now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was... Um kind of going back to like the theater experience real quick it was also just really fun listening to the crowd in like the few moments i did remember how they were gonna play out so it was nice kind of just listening to them kind of experience the film 
as I did when I first saw it. Um, so that was well for me weird. watching it the first time. I was like, "What the fuck? What is that? Is that a face? <laughs> ah, what the fuck? Holy shit! Don't go in there!" Ah. <laughs> Which would be a little annoying, I think, if I did that in a theater full of people, yeah. but I don't know if I'd Probably. be able to stop myself. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I've i seen a few reviews that are like, you absolutely have to like find the right setting. You don't want to like watch this with friends, otherwise you're just going to be like pointing shit out to each other and like just like commenting yeah. on stuff half the time. You want to like to get the full trauma experience you want to just like let it wash over you and just have to like be forced to sit with it right yeah you got to really fully immerse yourself in this kind of thing because it can be so especially in like the long takes of static shots of ceilings and walls and everything it could be Mm -hmm. very tempting i'm sure to go grab your phone and just look, especially when it gets to the tense parts and you're like, you want to look away, but you need yeah. to remove that potential distraction from you mm-hmm. and just force yourself to sort of be in it. Because it's also, you know, it's not a long movie. It's a hundred minutes. Yeah, you know, it's not too bad. Most I people will say... sit on their phone and scroll TikTok for three hours. So there's no reason why you can't sit on your computer and watch something for half that time yeah well it's about the effort when it comes to that too right like three hours of just browsing mindlessly through tiktok doesn't feel nearly as exerting as sitting down and watching a a hundred minute movie right especially a movie like this that really yeah takes a toll on your soul yeah exactly um i will say with my second time around i think it like it is a short film but I did find the last act to start dragging a little bit, especially once it starts getting um, a little more like, uh, what's the word? Uh, not symbolic, but like just gets very. Uh, gets more ambiguous and like yeah. metaphorical. Yeah, because then it's it's not as what I found was like it wasn't, it didn't set up as much sequential shots of like where you like are with the kids and then they'll like go upstairs and they'll go into a room you'll follow them in the room yeah. and they'll come back out and then go back downstairs it was more like this is a shot in a closet where they're flashing a light on and off and then this is a shot of a doorway in this weird ass parallel dimension thing and then you like cut back to this like shot of the hallway where there's blood splattering like back and forth and like backwards and forwards. And then you go back to that hallway shot of like the toys in the house. Right. Um, so it, it gets not messy. It's just like, it gets way more, uh, out there, uh, towards the end. So that I for sure could see you with like a more casual, uh, movie goer would start getting like, okay, what's, what's going on? How is this going to wrap up soon? How is this going to even wrap up? You know? Yeah. Um, but I still very much enjoyed it. The whole the whole feeling that gave me was still awful, but like in the best way, right? <laughs> like it was like, yeah. oh my god, this is this is terrifying. This is I don't want to be here anymore, right? So, um, yeah, I definitely think the the last third, I would have to watch it again to really. Have you still only uh, watched it the one time or have you seen it twice? Yeah, I watched it once. I did watch the short film, though, um, just earlier today. 
the that it's Ooh, sort of short film. based on. Ooh. It's it's very different. We can get into that in a little bit. Uh, okay. But yeah, the last third of of this, or even not, I guess third, but maybe quarter of how it's broken up is they it, they try and stack all of the sort of meaning behind it. Like you do a lot of build up, and then you think that you're going to get some kind of catharsis to everything but Mm -hmm. then they swap they like flip the script on you a little bit and they give you more questions and it's like okay here's all of this imagery and all of these sort of uh surreal little shots that are like you said they're not really in a sequence but they're just in an order and just um, like you could change the order of so many of these shots. And I don't know how much it would change, but every shot is like its own piece of information that's just in itself. Mm -hmm. And it really tells the audience or it makes the audience um, have to figure it out on their own. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it like, it won't give you the answers at the end. It really makes you, you have to go back and you have to think about it and you have to be like, okay, what did this shot mean? And what did this, like, what did the blood mean? What did the, the stretchy room mean? Mm-hmm. What was the point of, um, what is that dude's like, name at the end? God damn it. What is it? <laughs> um, like what was about the person that was disappearing where did the parents go? What was happening this whole fucking time? And it, by the end of it, you're expecting like a reward, I guess. And you don't get or, it. Yeah. Yeah. And in a way, I think that's sort of, you know, that's the point, obviously. Um, but it really works in the favor of the feeling that this movie gives you of just, yeah. it leaves that you unknown. hanging. Right. And because yeah. of all of those unanswered questions, you keep thinking about it afterwards yeah. and it's stuck in your mind. And then you, you know, the last words, I mean, I don't know if we were going spoiler territory right away. Uh, if we well, want, I mean, to. we're 27 minutes and I think we're safe. To go. We're, we'll yeah. go full spoilers. Now. Okay. Full we... spoilers ahead. But the last words basically are like, go to sleep. And, right. <laughs> and then the movie ends and you're like, okay. And chances are you're probably watching this late at night. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep now. (laughs) Cause that was me. I think we stopped watching it at like 1230 at night. And we're like, well, fuck, we need to watch some sitcom or something now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know how much we want to get into like, uh, how we interpreted some things. Um, but like one thing that actually just comes to mind, um, that scene, I don't know if you remember, remember towards the end it's in with, I think it's within that, like, I guess, montage, if you will, of different uh, sequences. Um, the like mom is back on the bed and like, it sounds like she like wakes up or like breathes like uh, really like quickly. That's how I like interpreted it mm. anyway. It, it okay. seemed like she like came back to whatever realm that was or whatever. If she was like possessed earlier, earlier on or something and she like woke up and then she started getting tormented by the entity or whatever. 
uh, towards the end too. Like, and that might have been her uh, blood that was going back and forth in the hallway. Okay. So um, that the person that was disappearing was the mom. Because when I first watched it, I thought it was the sister, but I don't remember very clearly. Was it the mom that sort of faded away into nothing? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that was yeah. That was after um, that sequence. Uh, like the the fading away moment was after because there there's another sh- shot of her on her side of the bed because in the so- shot of where she like uh, fades away, it's on the dad's side. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, which that was also uh, very interesting. I also like the uh, the uh sh- or the shot back in the living room and kevin's like kaylee can we watch f- something happy now yeah right <laughs> uh, and instead they just watch that creepy ass public domain cartoon <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i uh, uh actually touching on uh the 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 two kids um i kind of touched on it in my second review for the the movie on letterboxd i love how uh much you empath are able to empathize with them um with like how much like you never see their face you never see their except face except once like there's very like almost no dialogue at all um but like the dialogue between them is like very very effective like the the, mm-hmm. the like such simple like uh conversation of them just saying love you to each other like that was like really sweet. Right. And then the comedic moment that's like immediately follows that jump scare of, uh, Kevin, like being like, I was too scared to go to the bathroom or whatever. Right. (laughs) It's like those few moments sold me on like the relationship between the two care or the two kids. Um, so that really helped in me like feeling and fearing for them in this whole nightmare scenario. Um, so yeah, that was probably one of my favorite parts. Uh, yeah. Yes, there's. I mean, there's so many parts to to talk about and say like, oh, this this part's so good. This part's so good. <laughs> um, get getting back a little bit to like the interpretation of things. Like, what do you think the overall um, the premise is? Like, how would you describe the experience that these kids are? Are going in because I heard some theories that was like um, because at the beginning one of the kids I think Kevin falls down the stairs right and then he gets taken to the the hospital hospital. yeah and so some people are like theorizing that maybe he's in a coma and that's what the day counter is Mm -hmm. as well and he's just like he's locked in this eternal sleep and he can't leave Um, but then you're like well why is Kaylee here with him as well um yeah why is she experiencing yeah nightmarish things too and like why do the parents disappear why do the doors and the windows disappear it i i mean maybe there is no meaning behind it at all maybe it is purely just um nightmare fuel because it is based on essentially a collection of people's nightmares that they've commented because his original youtube channel was like people would comment the dreams that they've had and then Mm -hmm. he would recreate them and that's how the first short film sort of came to be Mm -hmm. uh heck was just 
based on a ton of people's accounts and correlating things that happen to be similar between a lot of different people and also himself um, with like a sleepwalking thing that he had when he was younger. Uh, and he says the story is basically like him and his sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the short film, there's a, like a, a scene when the boy, I mean, there is only one person in the short film. Mm-hmm. He says to his mom who hasn't been there for like, I don't know, a hundred days or so at this point, he says, um, he says something like, sorry for getting cancer. So Whoa. the child, and, but then he's like, but I'm all better now. It's okay. So I'm like, maybe this is sort of a purgatory type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I wonder if that's something that sort of carries over into the, the feature as well. I don't know. Right. Uh, and the short film is almost entirely done in handheld, which is a different um, stylistic decision. Mm-hmm. I definitely like Skinnamarink's shooting style a lot better. I think right. the the still camera and you know static sets all work in the sort of omniscient, dreamlike um, feel. Whereas in the short, it feels like you're sort of seeing it from the perspective of like from the eyes of the person, but it also still feels like they're just walking around with a camcorder in their house at the same time. And it has more of a, I don't know, a jumpy found footagey type feel Mm -hmm. uh, compared to the, the feature. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's, it's good still. It's got some creepy shit in it. I was covering my eyes at the end because I was like, oh God, if you open this goddamn door and there's a jump scare here, I'm going to be mad. But um, they they do the same kind of thing in the in the short and they leave you with questions, but they also give you some spooky stuff to look at. But on YouTube, at least, which you can find it on um, Kyle Edward Ball's uh, YouTube channel. It's up for free along with a bunch of other stuff. It, the YouTube compression just absolutely destroys the the thing. And since Dang. it's so dark and gradient, yeah, it's just like you're seeing just like three giant blocks of single color and you like, oh. you don't see any of the grain because it's just so compressed. So yeah. I really hope that when Skinnamarink makes its way to Blu-ray, which it will, and yes. I will buy that in a heartbeat. I really hope they include heck in the special features because that I want to see cool. it in HD in non-compressed form. Yeah, that would be really sweet. Um, I wonder if it would make any difference. Obviously, you would have to get like a YouTube premium subscription because you can download videos through that. Oh, that's this. true. I have that actually. So maybe I should give it a try. Yeah, you, yeah see if that works maybe. Um. Yeah, I uh, I'm very happy to hear that uh, Kyle's working to get a, a physical release because I I too would like to add that to the shelf. Um, it uh, I mean like it was like in a, both of our top five or our yeah I guess top fives for last year alone. It was, it was my number two. Yeah, your number two. So um, it's definitely something I want to revisit again and again. Um. And uh, just talking about the camera work as well, I uh, I appreciate the 
the like POV shots he does incorporate. There's like only a few throughout the film because you're always like stuck to those shots of different hallways and corridors and like ceilings and whatnot. But the few times he brings out the POV uh, camera work is like when it matters most. And then you're like uh, shoved into the perspective of the kid experiencing all of this awful shit that's happening. Right. Um, So it was very well done. Yeah, it really stands out. Like, I love when you really feel the handheld and mm-hmm. you're not just being bombarded with it the whole time. It's, yeah. It really is a good way to utilize that contrast and style. And it's also kind of a, a, a evolution of found footage in a way where, like, you're still kind of taking advantage of those, like, really raw camera angles and especially with the way he edits it with the amount of grain in the film too it gives that like very visceral um yeah like real uh feel to it but then he's also able to um take away what weaknesses found footage has by keeping those static camera angles and instead make basically making those uh frames like the the perspective of the kids right not just in the pov shots but like throughout the whole film um what else i kind of want to rip this onto like a vhs tape or something yeah i feel (laughs) like that you haven't already from the way that's been talking about it yeah it's that's like the prime medium i think to watch this on (laughs) truly uh because then you get some real grain thrown in on top of the fake grain and it Mm -hmm. just Perfect. Just and then you can simply just learn how to burn movies onto VHS tapes. I'm in the process of and doing then... that right now, honestly. Well, so go. it's it's happening. All right. Perfect. Uh, well, do you want to touch on anything else, Matt, before we uh, start wrapping things up? Uh, I mean, honestly, if you're into like the back rooms kind of stuff and you like all of that creepy Analog shit. Analog horror analog horror if you like um stuff like outlast and Mm -hmm. uh all that kind of those spooky video games that are more like a mood piece than anything because that's really what this is it's a mood piece it puts you in a state of mind and it makes you feel a certain way for a prolonged amount of time you're not it's not as as much of a story in the traditional sense as uh a lot of people might be expecting going into this yeah. But it'll it'll make you feel a certain kind of way and you'll think about it for a long time. So if you want to feel something that you maybe haven't felt before or maybe something that you haven't felt since you were a child, check out Skinamarink. And I completely agree. Uh, Matt, where can the people find you? They can find me on Letterboxd at Wisdom Nugget or if you search just for my name, Matt Schmidt, I will be there. And then you can follow me other places from there. Excellent. Uh, Do you have any uh, other podcast episodes that you've been on lately? Uh, No, haven't haven't done anything in the last uh, little while. It's been pretty slow, you know, since Oscar season is, you know, there's not much going out right now and with holidays and everything. So uh, maybe I'll plug one of those next time once I come in. But sounds good. Nothing for now. That's okay. And you can find me right here, wherever you're listening to or watching this episode of the No Score Review Show. 
I am all over social media at NoScore or at NoScore Reviews. And if you like video game Let's Play content, I have my YouTube channel at NoScore Plays. Uh, currently, there's just been a myriad of uh, indie games going up right now. I've been also re-uploading some of my first Let's Play videos just to have everything kind of consolidated onto the video game channel. But if you are into spooky games, I'm hoping to do a playthrough of the Dead Space remake on my Let's Play channel. So wow. for that, if that interests you. Otherwise, uh, keep it locked here on the No Score uh, outlets, podcast, your favorite podcast listening service and YouTube.com. Thank you so much for watching, Matt. Thanks again, as always, for joining me. And we'll see you all in the next one. Bye-bye.